0: The show you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. It's Friday already. Can you believe that? Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day and uh, have the privilege of providing a live and local venue where your voice can be heard on all of those issues. And again, we just thank you so much for being part of the mix here on the Mike Douglas show. So much appreciate that. Today is Friday, and that means it's What's on Your Mind Friday. Friday, we kick back a little bit. When we take calls, uh, we leave that up to you. If you want to talk about subjects that we have not talked about during the week that you would like to talk about very briefly, we'll do that. And, And We also try to lighten things up as well as we head into the weekend. So, Welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show uh starting today i believe the california state fair is underway uh today the 15th of july through july 31 and let me just check what are the hours here generally let's see monday to thursday 10 uh let's see 11 a.m to 10 p.m monday through thursday 10 a.m to 10 p.m friday to sunday and, again, that runs through the uh, 31st. Uh, however, and remember, it's been canceled for it, uh, two years now. A couple of new wrinkles to the California State Fair this year. If you are uh, under 18, you have to be accompanied by an adult 21 years or older after 6 p.m. How about that? Uh, you think that will help? Uh, we'll We'll see. You have to bring your ID. So if you're, uh, if you look like you're under 18, might bring your ID anyway to prove you're 21. I was, of course, not anymore. I looked very young for a long time, and uh, in fact, uh, when I was a rookie police officer, I looked so young that I was out there. I was at a traffic stop or something with my training officer and I was back there writing the ticket and the guy in the car said to my training officer, does that kid even shave yet? So anyway, if if, uh, if you look like you're young and you're uh, over 18, you might want to take your ID, especially if you're there after uh, 6 p.m. Uh, also, apparently they're beefing up security, going to be hundreds of surveillance cameras. You're going to have to have your bags checked. Uh, clear bags uh, are required apparently for uh, belongings, and you have to walk through a mental, uh, mental <laughs> a metal detector, and they said you're going to be seeing noticeable uh, police presence as well. That's good. I'm always for that at these uh, large events. Good, good. High-profile police presence, that's always good, and it, it does have an effect, by the way. And apparently uh, there's going to be lots of sanitizing stations to, um, to mitigate any COVID-19 transmission as well. What's your favorite? Do, uh, do you attend the California State Fair? It's been many years since I've been there, and of course it's going to be really hot it looks like uh, this coming weekend going to be up in triple digits, perhaps. What's your favorite thing to do at the California State Fair? Now again, I haven't been there for many, many years. I'll tell you my this sounds odd, but then that's me, I guess. My favorite, my favorite thing to watch at the California State Fair. the pig races. Ah just cracks me up. Do they still do the pig races? Yeah, they put those little neckerchief things with colors on the on the pigs and watch them race. I don't know if they do that anymore, uh, but that, that was one of my favorite events. And, of course, my my wife, growing up on a dairy farm in Southern California, likes the livestock. But I uh, enjoy the, the county displays as well. Anyway, uh, just interested to you, if you have any favorite things that uh, you like at the California State Fair 209-551-3483 209-551-3483 so what do you think about that curfew for uh, people uh, under 18 years of age you think that's going to help what are they? is it gang issues why, why do you think they're doing that? Will, will it help cut down on violence? Will it help cut down on vandalism, uh, pickpocketing? Uh, they don't say what they're trying to cut down on. Do you think it's going to be effective? 209-551-3483. Our number, 209-551-3483. Also, coming up, yeah, this won't be until uh, December or, uh, September, rather. The Emmys. Are you gonna are you gonna bother to watch the Emmy Emmys? I'm not. I haven't watched an award show for uh for a long time. And I'm looking over the the Emmy list here, but I don't think they've even cho- chosen the host yet. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer last year, Jimmy Kimmel in 2020. Uh I don't think they've chosen what. I know I'm looking at the nominees. I haven't watched any of these shows. Now I have to admit, I don't have time to watch a lot of television aside from news-related shows. I'm just looking at uh, lead actors, outstanding comedy series, haven't watched any of those. Lead actor, nope, haven't watched any of those. Lead actress comedy, haven't watched any of those. I'm striking out. Saturday Night Live, there's a supporting actor in a comedy series. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since probably its first year. Uh, so I am I have absolutely no opinions on the Emmys, probably won't even. Well, Outstanding drama series. Have you seen any of these? Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, Yellow Jackets. Haven't seen any of them. How about... How about you? Going to watch the Emmys? Have you? Are you familiar with any of those shows? I, I'm not. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Our number on. What's on your mind, Friday? The only. <laughs> from time to time, I'll watch a streaming series or a streaming movie, and that's usually because I I work late. And I'll find some time, maybe at uh, you know, from one o'clock to two o'clock in the morning, and I can't quite go to sleep yet. I, I was intrigued by this Terminal List series. There's seven or eight episodes starring Chris Pratt. Have you watched that at all? Terminal List. It's a uh, Amazon Prime series. I, I, it's one of those things that it uh, it drew me in but uh i have some observations about it as as you compare it to something like top gun maverick and i understand top gun maverick is a is a movie it's not a television series but anyways so for for the drama of terminal list i have some i have some thoughts to share with you about that and and uh, as compared to what I think is the the top movie of recent history, and that is Top Gun Maverick. I'll tell you about in a few minutes, but uh, because I want to tell you also about when you don't want drama. When do you not want drama? You don't want drama when you're trying to sell your home. All right. It's already dramatic because home prices are going up, inventory's low, interest rate hikes. That means price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent reduces the drama and it's the right move to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family? Are you working from home? Do you need more space? That's often the issue. Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required and no long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Melody in Oakdale knows all about it. She needed to sell quickly, but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price out of it. But she didn't have the time nor the money to do it. Well, Melody called Dan Phipps. He said, no problem, we can do it. And he did. Dan got multiple offers. Sold the home for much higher than Melody could have imagined. Call Dan Phipps. He's the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And we'll continue with What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. We'll talk a little bit about this terminal list uh, vis-a-vis Top Gun Maverick. I have some observations I want to share with you. We'll be back in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On What's on Your Mind Friday, our telephone number, 209-551-3483. Another thought or or two about the California State Fair. And I'm I'm intrigued by this restriction on uh, young people under 18 not being able to go to the fair unless they're accompanied by an adult 21 years or older after 6 p.m. I'm, I'm guessing that it's in response to, and they have in the past, they've had uh, some uh, violence uh, at the fair, shootings, that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm guessing they're looking at the profiles, I hope, of uh, those particular incidents. And my guess is they're thinking gang members. Don't know that for sure. It's just my guess. So you think it's going to work if, if you're planning to attend the fair? Do you feel more safe knowing that people who are under 18 years of age will not be able to be there unaccompanied by an adult after 6 p.m.? So here, <laughs> here's here's what I see. So, all right, they find an adult that's 20, you know, a brother or a uncle, or a uh, distant uh, extended family member, that's, or a friend, I guess. That's 21 years old. I mean, there are, there are 21 year old gangbangers. There there are uh, OGs, right? That are way up there in age. Uh, so I don't. I'm I'm hoping it helps. I'm not sure it's going to help. So do you think it discriminate discriminates against kids? 18 or under 18? Do you think this is actually going to help at the California State Fair? Uh, Las Vegas, if you remember, and this came down, what, uh, a little bit after July 4th. I think it was maybe the 7th. Uh, Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman is uh, thinking about a potential curfew uh, in, uh, on Fremont Street. Well, in Las Vegas, but because of a Fremont Street experience. By the way, you've been there. That's quite a that's quite an experience on Fremont Fremont Street. I've been to uh, quite a few conventions there within the past couple of years, and uh, recently the fight broke out. One uh, person fired a gun at the other. And so uh, the mayor said she discussed it with downtown Las Vegas property owners and the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. She says we're all in agreement, no tolerance for violence and crime. And uh, so they've committed to an increased law enforcement presence. I think that works. Anytime that you have a high police presence, high high visibility is a great deterrent. Of course, how do you do that with budgets the way they are? But high visibility of uh, police is a, is a great thing, and I, I'm i always happy to see that uh, wherever wherever I am. So do you think that's going to help? Do you think it's just going to discriminate against young people? Will they find a way around it? I mean, I can imagine them finding someone who's 21. Uh, 21 they come to the gate. They check in. And uh, they separate and may not even see each other for the next couple of hours. Uh, not not being critical. I'm just trying to be uh, be a realist uh, on this. What do you think? 209-551-3483. Planning to go to the fair? What was your experience, your last experience at the fair? Uh, aside from it being hot, my last experience quite a few years ago. was very good. I enjoyed it. Again, the pig races. Just... Love those little pig races. All right, also uh, we're talking about the Emmys uh, coming up in September. Terminal list. Have you seen that advertised? I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of thrillers. I like thrillers. I like to read them, and some of them uh, I enjoy on the screen, small screen and big screen as well. But I was intrigued by this terminal list. Here's what I found. I found it to be very dark, very dark. I think the F-bombs were overdone. I don't like gratuitous uh, language. Uh, Graphic violence, I think that was overdone. But on the positive side, I think it was a good plot. It talked, uh, and I'm not going to uh, mess this up for you if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, But there's an issue of government corruption, or at least the... uh, perception thereof, and uh, the frustration over how to deal with government corruption that's out of your control. Can you relate to that at all? Government con- government corruption that's out of our control? Seems to me that's a theme today. That's what intrigued me about, uh, about this. And I always, uh, I do check out reviews because I figure if the critics don't like it, I may. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they gave it a forty percent score. Uh, the audience gave it a ninety-five percent score. Uh, again, I, it, it, the, the tension of it intrigued me a bit because, especially early on, there seems to be a, a, a question about Chris Pratt's character, Mr. Reese, as to whether or not. Because of PTSD, he's imagining things or they're really happening. I found that to be very intriguing. But again, on the, on the negative side, too dark for me, really. Didn't like the language, the graphic violence I think we uh, could have done without. On the positive side, I'm looking at Top Gun Maverick, though, but uh, there was tension there. It wasn't necessarily government corruption that worked into the plot, but it was government dysfunction within the military. My dad was uh, in the US Navy Reserves for over, just over 30 years, I think. I understand the military, <laughs> all of his stories. But I think uh, in, in Top Gun Maverick, there was an appropriate response to it. And in, in terms of violence, whereas Terminalist had very graphic violence. And again, I won't do any spoiler alerts for you, but I thought it was a little bit overdone. I don't have to see all of that. Uh, but in, in Top Gun Maverick, and and I could be wrong on this, but when the uh, enemy planes were shot down, it was very interesting to me. I believe that all of the pilots in the enemy planes, you couldn't see their faces. And I don't know whether that was by design or whether that was intentional to remove some of the um, trauma of being shot, watching people being shot down. It was very interesting. You, you could see the goggles and you could see the, the face shields, but not the uh, the actual faces of the people being shot down anyway uh, on the uh, Douglas scale of 1 to 10 I would give top gun Maverick a 12 on uh, terminal list uh, I'm uh, I, I would say in terms of the potential uh, of the plot I'd give it uh, an 8 plus in terms of the graphic issues involved I don't know I'd, I'd give it maybe a, a two or three I just think it was unnecessary so that's uh that's my review for whatever it's worth and again the emmys coming up uh, by the way terminal list is not on the emmy list probably didn't make it uh in time to be on the list i have no idea i haven't watched into the any of these shows on the emmys so i'm not going to be watching uh the emmys either i've given up on award show don't watch the academy awards the oscars either all right, we'll be back in five minutes on What's on Your Mind Friday, 209 551 3483. Again, coming up after news, weather, and traffic. The
0: Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online, Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. And I want to uh, talk a bit about uh, an incident that occurred, uh, well, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Modesto PD, uh, another officer involved shooting there, this in the 1400 block of Entrada Way. Uh, Again, there was a report of a family disturbance, as we've mentioned many, many times. One of the most dangerous calls to go on from my recollection was always either a domestic dispute or a family disturbance. Uh, because one of the one of the dynamics of a, of a family disturbance is that when a third party arrives, it is often the case that people turn on the third party. And that's uh, that's not uncommon. And in this case, uh, not apparently officers responded uh, again to the 1,400 block of Entrada Way last night. Uh, They encountered uh, an adult male subject uh, who matched the person referred to in the call in the front yard of the residence. When the officers contacted the subject, uh, apparently he was uncooperative. And during the interaction, apparently it led to an officer-involved shooting. Uh subject was taken to a local hospital where he died uh, as a result of his injuries. And as is normal, as is normal in this type of um, an incident, not a lot of details at this point. And that's not because they're hiding details, but you need to conduct an investigation and make sure that all of the, in, all the steps of the investigation... Are done as pure as possible. You don't want the chain of evidence, whatever it might be, to pre- to be compromised at any point. So that's uh, that's understandable. And uh, they will Modesto PD is always uh, very good at uh, at being uh, very transparent. And uh, in fact, they uh, recently put out a uh, public briefing on a uh, non-fatal officer shooting on July 4th. I think we, uh, we mentioned that uh, around the time of the, uh, of the shooting. I would encourage you, whether you live in Modesto or not, Stanislaus County or not, I would encourage you, if you have the time, to take an hour. Now, why an hour? Well, because the public briefing on YouTube takes a little over 55 minutes, I think. Now why am I encouraging you to look at this? It is because you get to see how professionally Modesto Police Department handled that situation. And one of the dynamics that I think is very interesting about this July 4th shooting. Now in this case the officer uh, was stabbed. Uh, He and had some uh, minor injuries, apparently. Uh, The suspect was uh, shot by the police while he was attacking the officer. Uh, Those wounds were not fatal. And it's good that uh, neither the suspect nor the officer uh, received fatal injuries. But what's interesting to note, and what I encourage you, if you can, to take the time to watch is how it takes about 50 minutes for this to build up to that sudden moment when the suspect lunges for a knife and then attempts to stab the officer. Now, the value of body cams, you're going to see this if you watch this. Now, where is it? It's on YouTube, uh, the Modesto Police channel on YouTube. I believe as well, if you uh, go to Facebook and look for Modesto Police Department there, uh, you can find a link to it. Now, you're going to have to sign in because it does contain, uh, obviously, some violence there, and they want to make sure that you are over, is it over 16 or over 18? Can't remember, but anyway, you have to uh, certify to the fact that you're above a certain age in order to be able to watch that. The value of it, is to watch and listen how these officers conduct themselves. Absolutely professional all the way. Absolutely professional. Even as the shooting occurs, after the suspect attempts to stab the officer, you see professionalism. You see them attending to his wounds. It it gives us a real example of the way these things really go down and how long it took the build-up. There, there was over fifty minutes, five o, fifty minutes of conversations with witnesses, with family members, with the suspect himself. Over fifty minutes of conversations by the officers to help. Bring down the the level of stress and and the the level of anxiety on everyone. It, it's a masterful job, I think, in in listening to how the officer uh, who is wearing the body cam uh, attempts over a long period of time to calm this suspect down. But it's that it's that moment uh, about fifty minutes into this when. The suspect, and what we now know from reports since July 4th, is that he has been self-medicating with marijuana. And this, I know there are some, we so, say, well, Mike, Mike, come on, medical marijuana. And, and marijuana is not a gateway drug. I beg to differ. And I know that we're going to have to agree to disagree, some of us, on that. Uh, I go back, and we've replayed this interview two or three times over the past year and a half on the Mike Douglas Show, our interview with Dennis Whitman, uh, who is uh, now with the Lord, but he was the uh, director of Teen Challenge for our area. And Dennis talks about the fact how the use, the constant use of marijuana led him into LSD and other drugs, and how one night, under the influence of LSD, He came out of his stupor, saw his brother, Uh, he followed a trail of blood, found his brother stomped to death, and it turns out that it was Dennis himself who had stomped his brother to death in this LSD-ridden stupor. So, I remain convinced that marijuana can be, not always, but certainly can be a gateway drug Now in this case, it appears to me anyway that uh, the the suspect here had been self-medicating on marijuana when he should have been taking the medications that had been prescribed to him by healthcare professionals. The other thing and, and by the way, it, it gives you a realistic sense of how these things actually go down. Hollywood gives us, a unreal, an unrealistic sense of how these things happen. The, these things don't happen uh, open and shut within an hour. Uh, they, they, they take time to develop. And again, whether or not you live in the Modesto area or Stanislaus County, I encourage you, if you can, to take some time to watch this. Again, it's on a Modesto PD's uh, YouTube channel. And if you go to their uh, Facebook page or you have a, a Twitter account, uh, there's also a link to it there. I will not give you the link. Uh, you need to go there yourselves because you have to sign in and all of that because of, of the, uh, the violence involved. They want to make sure that you're old enough to, uh, to do that. So what I applaud here in this July 4th shooting is the open communication the professionalism of the police officers, and the value of body cams. The value of body cams, I think, and and they, they weren't around when I was in law enforcement, didn't have body cams. But I can see the value of this, not only for the protection of the public, but for the protection of the police officers as well. And remember, when... Anytime that you're involved in a high-stress situation, we tend to get tunnel vision. We tend to get tunnel vision. Our, 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 uh, our minds, our, our visual acuity, even our, our uh, oral A-U-R-A-L, not O-R-A-L, but our oral our listening acuity, uh, our hearing acuity, gets very, very focused and sometimes a bit fuzzy. And uh, at that point, we need to recognize that it helps to have the body cam because whether you're a police officer or you're the, uh, the subject or the suspect, the, the stress of the situation has the potential of altering what really happened. Again, my encouragement to you is take the time to watch this. Again, it's a little over, it's almost an hour, a little, little over 55 minutes but I, I just want again applaud the Modesto Police Department for its professionalism and for its transparency. Uh, you notice the video was introduced by Chief Gillespie, and I think they're doing. I just want to applaud them and, and thank them for their transparency and our, their willingness to put these, uh, to put these body cam uh, the body cam full footage, uh, footage there for the public to see. All right, it is What's on Your Mind Friday, our phone number, 209-551-3483. Earlier in the hour, I was talking about the Emmys. I'm not going to watch. I haven't even seen any of the shows that are nominated, so there you go. Let's find out what Debbie thinks. And Stanislaus, hi, Debbie. Welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday. What's on your mind?
2: Well, you brought up Hollywood and the Emmys. I would like to put my two cents in, or my five cents in, whatever. I wish there was a way. I don't know how to to make it happen or promote it so it'll happen. I wish with all my heart and soul that we could get rid of Hollywood once and for all. I think it's been very damaging over the years and the decades, and what it's taught our youth is unbelievably, unbelievably wrong incorrect but it's taught us adults what is important too i believe a lot of our political situations come off of hollywood's horrible horrible messages that they've sent us through our being and entertained by quote unquote their movies And, and and i don't know i just i keep getting this feeling that hollywood is deeply embedded i'd like your opinion i really need it because i'm I keep thinking it over and over again. It, it, it goes all the way. It goes way back years and years ago. And I believe politics and Hollywood are intertwined. I uh, I, so I,
1: look forward I agree. I agree with you on that. Uh, Debbie, let me take a couple of minutes and uh, I will come back and respond to an interesting thought that you just brought up. Uh, Talk about that in three minutes. Coming up on The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360
0: KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: All right, coming back here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our caller Debbie uh, was uh, ruminating over the uh, Hollywood and how Hollywood and politics seem to be intertwined, and uh, a general theme that uh, Hollywood is doing us no great favors these days. In fact, it has brought uh, a lot of dysfunction to our culture, and should we get rid of it? Uh, Let me me respond to that a little bit, uh, Debbie. Uh, and I think we have to go back to, and I'm I'm going back to my history of drama that I took over 40 years ago. Uh, the, the Greeks really invented drama, and this was well, wow, uh, 600 BC, five maybe 600, about uh, let's say around the fifth century BC, I think, uh, and and the Greeks really invented what we now call drama. Uh, Aeschylus, one of, one of the first great playwrights, and then uh, Sophocles, Euripides, uh, three, three giants of, of early drama. And in their um, mythology... The drama for the Greeks often looked at explanations of what the gods in their minds were doing, but also dealing with heroes and dealing with history. And so there was, a, I think the, the reason for drama back then is a reason we still have it, and that is to uh, explore in, a, in an entertainment venue an entertaining way, history, and why things happened, and then also explore character issues. What does it mean to have honor? What does it mean to have integrity? Uh, what does it mean to be a good citizen? Uh, what does it mean to respond to injustices? And it's very interesting, uh, in those earlier times, often masks were used, and uh, to, to help in, in communicating uh, the, the effort of, what's, uh, of what was trying to be communicated. I think the problem that we, and let me, let me say this, I don't think we need to eliminate Hollywood. What I would like to see are people with honesty and integrity to infiltrate Hollywood, and they're there. They're there. For uh, many years when I was in Southern California, I was involved in a tangential way with Hollywood. I did voice acting. I did some animated series, Robotech, one of them that I think is still actually in, in syndication. And what I found is there are actually a lot of good people in Hollywood. Unfortunately, there are a lot of not-so-good people who have a lot of money and have a lot of influence, and they tend to be the tail that wags the dog, so to speak. And I think over the, over the years, Hollywood has descended into a very destructive influence. Now, think back. Think back. Anybody remember the Sherlock Holmes series with Basil Rathbone? Who was what? Was it Nigel Bruce? Was that his name? That was Watson. Anyway, Basil Rathbone, and and I and this is coming out of the World War II era. If you go back and watch those, you may think, "Oh, Mike, those are kind of cheesy. kind of flag waving messages." That well, yes, absolutely, Hollywood was using drama to say to America, we need to stand for what's righteous. We need to stand for what's true. And as as we looked at Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone, uh, solving these crimes, and, uh, and I'm not going to go into the history of, of the author of of the Sherlock Holmes uh, series, but he was an interesting character as well. No, won't go into that now. The point being that there was a moral underpinning attached to Hollywood at the time. And if we go back in dramatic history, we have what we call morality plays, uh, where the, the purpose of the entertainment is to communicate character traits that are worthy to adopt. And so we see heroes and heroines, not heroine, uh, but heroines, and that I think is the healthy aspect of entertainment. I believe that uh, I think God allows us to have entertainment uh, for a purpose, and and that is there are times when we need escape, and in the best in the best days of entertainment. It's about communicating what's good. It's about communicating good, triumphing over evil. It's about character traits that are worthy to emulate. Uh, We talked earlier this week about uh, truth. We talked about role models. What kind of role models would you like your uh, your children or, the, or young people under your uh, spheres of influence? What role models would you like them to emulate? Well, that was the, that was the purpose of entertainment for a long time. What Hollywood has done is the decision-makers, the money people, is Hollywood descended into pandering to the more base desires, the narcissistic desires of the audiences. And in many ways, I think Hollywood now reflects a lot of the character flaws of the people who write the plays, who write the television shows, who write the movies. So I I believe that we need entertainment, but what we need most of all in the entertainment industry right now is for people of character, people of righteousness, people of honor, people of integrity, people of honesty, to infiltrate that industry. And like I said, when I was in L.A. and, and doing some voice acting in Hollywood, the people I connected with, by and large, were good people. And we, I remember doing Foley, that's the when you do crowd noise and, and background voices and such. I remember sitting on the floor up till 1.30, o'clock in the morning uh, with some guys, and, and we, we spent all night doing crowd voices. We had a great time. And, and nobody was trying to uh, promote uh, dysfunctional things. And I think there are a lot of people in Hollywood right now who are of good moral character, but they're trapped in an industry that is trying to do away with that and to popularize quite the opposite, the dark side, if we could put it that way. So, uh, Debbie, I'm, I'm making a very long response to your very short question. I don't desire to see Hollywood go away. What I desire is for people Of character to infiltrate Hollywood and to bring back good things, good messages to television shows, to movies, and such. Again, I I go back to the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes. It seems cheesy now, but it had a purpose then, and that was to rally Americans to stand up for what's right. Wouldn't you love Hollywood to do that again? All right. We'll connect on some other issues on What's on Your Mind Friday coming up in five minutes.
0: The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on What's On Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the phone calls focused in on the topics at hand. On Friday, we relax things a little bit. We want to know what's on your mind. If there's a subject we haven't talked about this week that you'd like to bring up briefly, Friday's the day, or if you just like to make a comment about a topic we have talked about but you didn't have time to call in, eh, today's the day to do it. On What's on Your Mind Friday, our number is 209 551 Three, one of the things on my mind right now is it's hot. <laughs> it's hot right now, and it's going to get uh, even more hot. As uh, the days go by, they're uh, they're saying that uh, the Central Valley could see temperatures approaching 110 degrees over uh, the next uh, couple of days, and Death Valley... Uh, I have never had a great desire to go to Death Valley. But anyway, the, it's the hottest spot in the state normally. They're calling uh, there for, let's see, what's the temperature they're estimating? 123 degrees. Uh, not a record. Apparently, on July 10, 1913, Death Valley's mercury hit 134 degrees. It's not a minute. What's the hottest place you've ever been? I mean temperature <laughs> I mean temperature wise what's the hottest place that you've been uh, either on vacation or otherwise i the the hottest place we've ever been was on a family vacation. I don't remember were we coming back, I think maybe coming back from a vacation in or it was a convention, I think, in Las Vegas. And uh, we were coming back and uh, went to Lake Havasu, Lake Havasu, where London Bridge is. By the way, now we won't do it here, but have you ever read the history of the old London Bridge that is at Lake Havasu? Very interesting. It's uh, one of those, if you're ever on Jeopardy, you might want to know about the history of London Bridge. Uh, The old London Bridge, anyway. Fascinating history. And what was paid for it, why it's there, the history, a very, very dark history involving that particular bridge. Anyway, you can check that out on on uh, your own time. It was the hottest place you've been. Our hottest place we, we were was Lake Havasu, and this was quite a few years ago. We went there, we, we made a stop there because it was so hot on the road. We just needed to get out of, we had a minivan at that time, yes. Yes, we had a minivan. I loved the minivan. I'm not embarrassed to say I had a minivan, and my wife loved that minivan. In fact, we, uh, we drove two minivans, one we got in Southern California shortly after we got married, uh, one we bought from a uh, car rental company that was letting one go up here in the Modesto area. Anyway, we, uh, we drove those things till they literally gave out. The engine blocks cracked. I mean, we, we drive our cars till they can't be driven anymore. We were That's just how we are. Anyway, we were in this minivan uh, coming home back to uh, California, stopped in uh, Lake Havasu at London Bridge. Uh, and here's what the temperature was. 126 degrees. There's a point at which... I don't think it matters what the temperature is. It's just unbearably hot. It was stifling. Of course, you have the humidity there because you're there with the lake. And it was very, very humid. And uh, there there were actually some people walking around in various stages of disrobing, I guess you could say. And so I was trying to shield my children from uh, what was not such a wonderful sight to look at. But anyway, 126 degrees. Uh, that was hot. What about, what, what's the hottest place that you've been to? Or the coldest? Our coldest, I believe, we had the opportunity uh, many years ago, well, not too long ago, to go to Iceland in pursuit of puffins. You know those colorful little birds called puffins? My wife, on her bucket list, is to see puffins in the wild. Now, we have had the opportunity, sometimes associated with my work at the time, sometimes on a vacation we were able to save up for, we have had the opportunity to go to places where there are always puffins at that time of the year. Every place we've gone, Iceland, Ireland some other places as well, where the Puffins were supposed to be there. The Puffins apparently have a network, and they know when my wife and I are coming, and apparently a notice goes out on the network. And uh, they, they have their own teletype system, whatever, and... And, and and the bulletin, bolo, 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 the Douglases are coming. Everybody evacuate and leave the area. All the puffins leave. And we get there and say, oh, yeah, we had puffins last week. Oh, yeah, puffins are normally here this time of year, but uh, not here this year. So, I, <laughs> in fact, just a, a quick memory there, and this is my mother, and and she's... Went to be with the Lord several years ago. My mother was not fond of boats, and this dated back to my my dad being in the U.S. Naval Reserve for uh, thirty plus years. Early on, and I think I was maybe, whoa, I don't. I was in elementary school anyway. I can't remember exactly how old. Anyway, the uh, they would have, and I can't re. I think the uh, the the ship he was on was the USS Vammon. If I remember correctly, anyway, I think it was it a destroyer. I don't remember. Anyway, they would have what they call family cruises, where on on uh, the active two week active duty, uh, the sailors could bring their families on for a family cruise. And so we would get on uh, the ship, and they take us out into the water. This was out of Long Beach Harbor, uh, by the way. So they took us out. So my mom and and I. And my dad, we were there for this family cruise. And there was this kid, probably 17, 18 years old, uh, the son of one of the sailors. And he's leaning up against, uh, I call it a railing. It was, it was wires, actually, that, that stretched around the side of the ship. And unfortunately, and this is not too far away from us, a cotter pin failed as this kid was leaning ag- up against this wire barrier, the cotter pin failed, and the fence fell down, and the kid went overboard. All of a sudden, the the speakers on the ship are blaring "Man overboard! Man overboard!" and the sailors are running around and they're yelling at us to get out of the way, and and they're climbing up the uh the the ladders and they're thrown out uh you know the little life- th- life things and and uh they're getting ready to uh go out there with a with a boat and the kid was very smart and this is remember this is a navy ship, big propellers. He knew enough to swim away from the propellers and so he was he didn't swim towards the ship he was sharp enough to swim away from the ship get away from the propellers and uh, they were uh, able to throw him a life ring and and uh, haul him back in in another part of the ship but anyway that soured my mom on ever going on in a boat again well we have uh, i have a distant cousin who still owns family property in in ireland about 400 acres and uh, we visited there twice. And the last time was when my mom was still living. And she had the opportunity uh, to, in, in late in life, to be able to go visit Ireland, where she heard about these places from her grandmother, my great grandmother. And she was able to see the big oak tree that her uh, grandmother had talked about. A wonderful time. So, anyway, as part of that, we learned that there were going to be puffins on this island. And so we coaxed my mom into going in this little rowboat out to the island where the puffins were. My mom was shooting daggers at me. We had a very good relationship, my mom and I, but she, her, her eyes were shooting daggers at me. And it was not exactly calm weather. The seas were a little bit testy. And uh, so there were swells. We were in this boat. My mom turned about 50 shades of green as we're approaching this island. And the boats, this little rowboat's going up and down, up and down. So we get on to the island and we say, we're here to see the puffins. Oh, the, the puffins didn't show up this year. Boy, was my mom not happy with us. Anyway, we're still in pursuit of puffins. My wife is still doing the research, and eventually, before we leave this planet, we're uh, hopefully going to see puffins in their natural habitat. Now, she's seen them in zoos, but that's different. We're looking for the puffins in their natural habitat. So, what about you? What's the hottest place or the coldest place that you've been to? And we'll also talk about some other weather related <laughs> issues that I think you'll find interesting coming up in three minutes. Here on The Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday, 209 551 3483. Back in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360
0: KFIV. On air. And online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeart Radio app. Search 1360 KFIV.
1: And we're back with What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our telephone number, 209-551-3483. What's on your mind Friday? We've been talking about some of the hottest places we've been, not in terms of entertainment, but in terms of the actual temperature. Talked about the fact our... As a family, our hottest experience was at Lake Havasu, 126 degrees. Anne sent in a message here. She remembers uh, back in uh, 1957 in Modesto, she was going to school, 112 degrees. And that was uh, as, just as school was starting, apparently, in September. That, that's hot. Uh, what about you? What hottest place you visited or the coldest? Not always a laughing matter, by the way. Did you know that there's a bill right now that would require all U.S. Postal Service vehicles to have air conditioning? Apparently, Congress is looking at that again. And it was put forward by California Democratic Congressman Tony Cardenas. Apparently, uh, there was, in, 19, in uh, 2018, a mail carrier in L.A., 63-year-old female, was found dead in her USPS mail truck. Uh, didn't have air conditioning. It was 117 degrees that day, and they said apparently she had died of heat exhaustion. So a bill before Congress, apparently, to uh, mandate air conditioners and those little usps trucks i was uh, saw our uh, mail carrier the other day a uh, very very wonderful lady and she said yeah it's it's really hot and of course they have the they have the uh, windows down or I don't know, the, the doors off and the windows down whatever and uh, ups i think i don't think ups has air conditioning do they ups drivers um uh, I uh, I trained with UPS for a week. I was uh, looking at a possible career with them and decided not to pursue it. But uh, there were no there was no air con- there was no air conditioning in the U- U- UPS vehicles at that time either. Uh, so anyway, uh, not a not so funny uh, story about the heat and a, a bill before uh, Congress right now in terms of uh, beating the heat. I, I'm sure all the uh, usps postal carriers would love to have air conditioning i'm not sure how that would work in the in those little vehicles i think it might overtax them don't you uh overheat i mean those are pretty basic uh, vehicles but anyway we will we'll follow that and uh and see how uh see how that proceeds uh, through congress all right Let's go back to the phones on "What's on Your Mind" Friday. Our phone number two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Let's talk to Donnie in Oakdale. What's one of the hot places you've been?
3: Uh, well, hey Mike, <laughs> just first of all, I want to let you know I have your number on speed dial, so okay. uh, on my phone. So I listen. Uh, that's how often I listen to your your show but um the probably the hottest place i've been i used to drive a truck uh over the road uh, and um i so i've been to every state in the lower 48 and uh, i've been to quite a few places i i i want to say texas but the the hottest place that i've ever been that i can remember that was just it just blew me away i pulled into uh california mm. and uh which i never understood how them people, the, the, the rock hounds, have a, the rock show down there. Yeah. And I I never could understand it. I pulled in there at the pilot uh, over there, uh, and it was midnight. It was a little after midnight, and, you know, I'm in my air-conditioned truck, and I'm figuring, okay, it's going to be cool, you know, outside or cooler. And I opened that door, and it was like a hairdryer hit me. It was <laughs> 104 at midnight that night i i don't remember what the temperature was that day but uh yeah it, it, I, it just it was like a hairdryer um i remember one time i was in bakersfield and it was 120 um
1: i don't doubt then, uh, that I think in, the coldest in bakersfield not at that. all go ahead what's the coldest place you've been in
3: um uh, i was up there um in, by des moines iowa and it was a beautiful day. The sun was out, not a cloud in the sky, and it was minus 20.
1: <laughs> my, minus 20 in, in Iowa. Donnie, th- <laughs> thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, Donnie, I, I would just say my dad, uh, who, is, who is with the Lord, uh, he, he was from Iowa. And he often told me, I said, Dad, you don't, you don't ever go back to Iowa to, to visit anybody. He says, Mike. And and please, if you're from Iowa, not meant to be offensive, I'm just saying what my dad told you. He says, Mike, to me, Iowa is a place you come from, not a place you go to. So if you want to uh, respond to that, you can. 209 Five five one three four eight three. So Donnie told us the hottest plate and court, uh, place courtside, and and uh, then in in Iowa the coldest place. Let's find out, uh, uh, John in Turlock. Uh, let's see what your record is for heat. Where have you been where it's hot?
4: Okay, Chaplain, it's Chief Enrich calling. Hey, I put twenty five years in at Rogers Foods. When you'd walk into the plant in the afternoon, average temperature, 118. And if you had to go up on the dryers, the temperature went up to anywhere between 130 and 170.
2: Good fact, night. It
4: so hot. It, yeah, no, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a New Yorker. You want no cold? I'm a Long Island sounder be yeah, out on the sound during the winter
1: <laughs> absolutely so uh, yeah. so i'm curious roger's yeah, food it's, so it's, how how did you deal with that with the heat
4: Drink a ton of water yeah one afternoon i i had to work in a place and it was about eh, 120 to 130 degrees i lost seven pounds in two hours that was just sweat wow uh no, you you have to uh, continually hydrate yourself. Uh, we had a lot of people that uh, first-timers into that kind of an environment, and they would come up to the break room, of course, drink a lot of soda. Guess what that heat and that sugar did to you? Not good. They didn't last long. <laughs> they didn't last long, sir.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely, John. Well, thanks, thanks for the call. I've got to run here uh, very quickly. Uh, John and Turlock talking about his time at Roger, Roger's Foods. 118 degrees and way more than that. Uh, wow, that's uh, that's. What about at work? Have you have you folks experienced that kind of heat at work? Uh, well, we'll we'll discuss it more coming up. Again, just can and and John brings up by the way, and, and I'm going to put my. Uh, my emergency services hat on, really important to keep the water going during these heat waves, especially if you're at a place like the California State Fair, keep hydrating with water. Not with the sodas. Good point, John. Thank you very much. Thanks for that reminder. And uh, we'll be back with uh, more of your recollections about hottest and coldest places on The Mike Douglas Show. Coming up in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The
0: Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us today on. What's on your mind Friday? We've been talking about what are some of the the hottest places we've been and the coldest places. So let's go back to the phones. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Several of you in the queue here. Let's go first to Kathleen in Oakdale. Kathleen, what's on your mind today?
5: Well, what's on my mind is that... uh, Governor Newsom's generation has shut down uh, the water vapor uh, pipeline. There is a water vapor pipeline. Uh, It's where uh, direct sunlight hits uh, water and produces uh, water vapors. And that water vapor leads to rainfall. And when uh, it leads to rainfall in big trees, Calaveras big trees, which is a park. um, And then it also... uh, Mariposa Grove, which is a park, and then uh, the Sequoia National Forest also is a, is a park, and then um, it bottlenecks that precipitation that, that falls there, bottlenecks and produces precipitation over the coastal ranges, which also have uh, these uh, uh, let's see sequoia uh, forest, uh, these sequoia tree forest, and uh, anyway, so they've all the pipeline has been shut down because there's no the water the water vapor makers are not there and at a time when we have more direct sunlight than ever if you when you measured the the amount of direct sunlight we're getting as a as a measurement we're getting more direct sunlight than we used to get a hundred years ago this not on earth this location on earth is this uh uh, latitude on Earth is and um, okay. Can, uh, just so anyway, just or, just so
1: I understand a little better, when you talk about the water vapor makers, are you talking about, for example, the sequoias? Are you talking about the the trees? What what is the water vapor maker?
5: Uh, it can be a pl- a floodplain, okay. and it can be uh, trees, and some trees uh, put more water vapor up than others, and um, got it. Okay, so. Um, the uh, anyway, so this the the biggest grievance I have in all this is that they never did measure uh, the precipitation that came from the water vapor that we had here, and that's one of the reasons why it was so easy for them to shut it down and to shut it down without even uh, addressing it and addressing uh, the grievances that people kept making up that uh, bringing up that you can't shut down the orchards here because that's going to cut down the rainfall in the mountains and right. all of that just fell on deaf ears and has fallen off into silence like the song um what is that song uh, wells of silence um by uh paul simon the, is that the sound name?
1: sounds of sounds the of sounds- silence yeah uh well that's interesting uh the the uh, the, the destruction of Water Vapor Makers. Well, I, well, we'll add that. And uh, Kathleen, thanks for the call. I want to make sure we get uh, time for uh, the rest of you who are waiting as well online. 209-551-3483. Uh, let's go to Rick. Uh, Rick, what are your experiences with hot and cold?
6: Were you, were you
1: talking to me? It's yes, Greg. sir. Yeah, anyway, yes, yeah, Greg.
6: Anyway, I'm down by in Kingman, Arizona on my way to phoenix also known as l supposed to be 116 degrees tomorrow and i gotta be outside training so it should be fun um but the hottest i've ever been was in havasu 124 degrees and that was like five years ago during spring break i was not on spring break but it was going on down there and why anybody would do that to themselves i have no idea
1: I I got you, uh, Greg. And my apologies for uh, calling you Rick. Uh, you can call me Fred. Okay. So, I. D- not, not, no problem. You'd
6: be amazed how often I get that. <laughs>
1: uh, oh. <laughs> well, there we go. Lake Havasu again. Yeah, that that is a hot yeah. place to go. Okay. Absolutely, Rick. Thank- now the
6: coldest is kind of an inter- yeah. The coldest is kind of an interesting story. I used to travel a lot on business, and one time I had a trip planned to go back to New England, to uh, St. Johnsbury, Vermont. And I called the people back there, and I said, what's the weather like? What should I wear? They said, oh, it's been in the mid to upper 30s, no problem, just bring a light jacket. And I said, okay, no problem. So I show up, and it was 32 degrees. That was at about 6 o'clock at night. And the next morning I wake up, there was um, 6 inches of snow.
1: And it was 32 degrees below zero. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Not, not good, so I'm Rick. I'm
6: standing out there in my windbreakers. Yeah, I'm standing out there in my windbreaker, scraping windows and just shivering
1: like crazy. Oh, and my that, goodness. Well, uh, hey, Rick, stay... Yeah. Uh, Rick, Greg, I'm, Greg, I'm, stay I'm, safe I'm out there on one, the highways I'm and... Thanks if, for uh, thanks for checking in. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Got to run here very quickly. Make sure we can uh, squeeze in Ed from Lodi here. Uh, Ed, uh, what's your experience? Uh, Rick is giving us some extremes there. What about you? Hot and cold.
7: Well, um, uh, the hottest. I grew up in in Red Bluff, California, and we used to compete with Death Valley. And I remember, I think around 1977 or so, we had about two weeks. Where the temperature never dipped below, you know, the high never dipped below about 105, and in several days it was above 120. And we had a pool that my dad had built, and that pool got above 95 degrees. It was so hot for that long a time. And uh, uh, I, I also have a, a work, a couple of work experiences. One is uh, I, I, I was in a classroom, and my air conditioner broke. And it was like the third day of school, and uh, we <laughs> it got to be about 97 degrees in my class. And those kids were amazing. I was really, really proud of them. Uh, uh, if they, they were kind of troopers. No one complained. It was pretty amazing. Um, and I've worked in lumber mills where it definitely got well above 120 and even 130 degrees at times. But the coldest I've been in is also in California. And that um, that was in Quincy, California. We'd had a blizzard uh, the night before, and uh, I got up the next day. It was clear as a bell, and it li- felt pretty nice. And I looked at the thermometer, and it was 11 below zero.
1: Oh. Oh, not, not <laughs> good. <laughs> Ed from well, Lodi, yeah, like, when that? Like, like Greg giving when, us when, uh, when, two opposites <laughs> there. That's incredible.
7: Yeah. When it's that cold, you don't feel it, though, because there's no humidity in the air. Yeah. And until you touch something or breathe, you don't
1: feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Ed, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. And that. what, what about this saying up here? Uh, I never, again, I grew up uh, in the San Gabriel Valley uh, down east of uh, Los Angeles. That's where I grew up. Uh, never really heard this down there, but I've heard a lot up here. Well, it's a dry heat. As opposed to uh, humid heat, do you, do you buy that? Do we? Do we? Is it just a dry heat? I, I've got a brother-in-law in Florida, and he 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 holds to the fact that when he visits uh, the Central Valley here in California, it it's a more stifling heat to him than it is where he is in Florida. Now, to me. Florida, it, I've been to several conventions there. We visited him from time to time. Those times when I visited conventions, unfortunately, they were in the middle of summer. There's no point in taking a shower in the morning. You walk outdoors and you're ringing wet again. Uh, the, that kind of humidity just uh, just doesn't uh, make it for me. So we're talking about your experiences, and uh, thank you, uh uh, G- Greg, for, for your comments and, and for Ed as well, and, and uh, I, I'm just thinking, are there other places you've been where you've had extreme weather? I'm thinking about Ed's comment uh, being a teacher. These days, would they cancel school if we had those types of extremes? Did, don't you think we, we used to be a hardier people than we are now? Have we gotten soft have we gotten to the point where we we have become so accustomed to the air conditioning and, and being comfortable that we're not willing to plow through extremes anymore? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas show continues in three minutes. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show. The Voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360
1: KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Uh, on Fridays, if there's a topic you haven't been able to talk about or we haven't talked about this week, welcome to call on Fridays and uh, we'll we'll listen to that with attentive ears at 209-551-3483. What's on your mind Friday? Uh, on your mind, are you going to be traveling soon? Are you going by air? Well, a flight attendant by the name of Christy Corbel a couple of days ago uh, did a little op-ed on her. I think she's been a flight attendant for a long time. Uh, to-dos, recommendations to those of us who will be flying, uh, perhaps to vacation destinations this summer. First of all, she says, go early. If you're on a cruise, leave the day before. Uh, But go early. All right. And then always fly direct. Well, good luck with that. We're going to be, uh, my wife and I, attending a conference very soon. Can't get a direct flight there. Since the pandemic hit, it's almost impossible for us to get a flight to where we want to go, a direct flight. In fact, the where would where was we trying to? I can't remember where we were trying to go, but it was like to visit someone in Idaho or something. Anyway, no, I, it was like thirteen hours. It's not thirteen hours to Idaho, but because there were no direct flights, we had to go here and then make a connection there. Blah blah blah. Good luck, always fly direct has she tried to book a flight lately? Uh, and then she talks about layover layovers. Now this is this is good. This is good advice. Allow plenty of time if you have a layover. She says a one- hour layover not enough uh, anymore. 30 minutes not a chance. And uh, she's saying three hours is, uh, is, is a good uh, buffer zone there. I, I agree with that. Always allow if you have connections. Allow plenty of time. Fly as early in the day as possible. Again, with so many flights being canceled, I don't know about you. Have you found it hard to try to get an optimal time to leave and then get a flight direct? It's almost impossible these days. Uh, download the app of the airline uh, for which you are flying. Well. Yeah, I normally do that. Uh, think twice about the cheapest fares. You got to be kidding. She must have a lot of uh, disposable income. Flights are full, she says. If you buy buy the chiefest cheapest seats, you may not be able to sit with your family. says so when you purchase your ticket. I've had that happen by the way, my wife and I flying together in economy and on long flights. Uh, we, we've online, have you ever done that? Have you ever made reservations online with your spouse or someone else you're flying with? And it's a long flight and, and you do your due diligence way ahead of time. You book the flight, you get the seats all set up, you book them online and, and then you get there and they say, oh, well, your, your seat is in row 18 And your seat is in row 22. Well, wait a minute. When we booked it, we booked them together. Well, yeah, but those things change. That drives me nuts. What's the point of making your reservations online ahead of time, doing your due diligence, if they're not going to honor that? That absolutely, to me, at, at what we have to pay to fly, I just think that's abhorrent and uh, of course then they'll say well we'll look for volunteers to give up their seat well I don't I'm one that I don't like to impose on people and I don't want someone resenting me the rest of the flight because uh, they volunteered to give up their seat so my wife and I could um, to fly together so that 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 whole issue I believe and maybe some of you in the airline industry Maybe you can straighten me out on this if you need to. I believe if you make reservations online ahead of time, they should honor your seat assignments. But I'm not in charge. Pack smart. She says, don't be, quote, that guy, end quote. Uh, That means, I think she's talking about carry-on luggage. Uh, We normally try to use all carry-on luggage. And we're, my wife is a expert packer. She, she does the packing. She is really good at that. And we found these little, um, what do you call them? I can't think of the names right now. But uh, they, are, uh, they have a net on them, and they're cubes. They're called cubes. These cubes are great because they, they expand a little bit, and you can stuff a lot of clothing into a cube and then you compress it and you zip up that cube and it keeps the clothing really tight together. And we found that we can we can put a lot of extra clothing if we need it into carry-on baggage by using those cubes. Have you used those before? Our telephone number, 209-551-3483. Again, it's called a cube. It is one of the great uh, things that uh, my... My wife has found over the years those those cubes are absolutely incredible. highly, highly recommend them. So Pack Smart, this uh, flight attendant, says you don't want to be there. you don't want to be the one who's trying to make your carry-on lighter while you're holding everybody up in the line. Yeah, we, we don't if this go back this goes back to uh, was it Greg's call not too long ago? bring a sweater. Bring a sweater. She says, here's a flight attendant's secret. We sometimes keep the airplane cold intentionally. For people who struggle with air sickness, heat makes it worse, and we don't want anyone to use those six sacks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't been on any flights lately where I felt it was too cold. Uh, but anyway, so bring a sweater for the flight. And uh, I always assume... That wherever I'm going, the weather's going to be a little bit different than we uh, anticipated. So I, I try to always be prepared. Here's an, here's an interesting uh, recommendation from this flight attendant. Don't tell a flight attendant they look tired. I don't know that I've ever told a flight attendant that. It's, we are and we know. She's saying we are, we are tired and we know it. And you may cause us to ugly cry right there in the galley. So apparently we we're, we're not supposed to tell flight attendants they look they look tired. I don't think I've ever told a flight attendant that. By the way, I we we take time to compliment flight attendants when when they do a really good job. And I I just got a message here from my producer about what he does to pack. I'm not going there. Uh, that's a good idea. I'm not. I'm not going there on air though. Uh, great idea though. Uh, I'll stay with the cubes. So, but anyway, one of the things that uh, this flight attendant says is bring patience. She says, "Be nice." Our goal at all airlines is to get you to your destination. Stay positive. At least you aren't at work. And I agree. I think, especially flying these days, we need to we need to bring a, a good dose of of patience. And I always whether it's a uh, a clerk in a store or I'm going through my favorite uh, beverage place or wherever it might be, I take the time. If people are giving good service, I take the time to let them know that. And uh, on flights, if there's a flight attendant. That's very conversational and uh, just very cheery. We take time to say, you know, we've just, we really enjoy the way that uh, you presented yourself on the flight. It's, it's made our flight better. I believe in complimenting people when they deserve compliments. I don't believe in complimenting when they don't, but I do believe in, and I, I think that goes uh, a long way. To uh, motivating them to uh, treat people better as well. All right, my friends, have a wonderful weekend. Stay cool, and we will look forward to seeing you again here Monday on the Mike Douglas Show, three to five p.m. right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Stay hydrated, stay cool, and have a safe weekend. We'll see you on Monday.